Next Sunday morning, Michael Rogers will be here, and uh, he will be preaching for me while I am in Atlanta. Barb and I will be in Atlanta for the graduation of our uh, high school daughter, and uh, we'll we miss you, but we'll be glad to be with them. And today we are con and continuing in our series of three steps, three important steps as we prepare for the next chapter of St. Stephen Reformed Church. And last week we looked at the very most important step, the great commandment and the second commandment. What do you need to be sure to be doing as you anticipate the new pastor, the next step? Love the Lord your God, law your heart, soul, and mind. Love one another. Now the second step follows, actually everything follows from the very first point to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, loving one another. But today, we're looking at a second step, which I like to call joyfully serve together. Joyfully serve together. We have not been saved in a vacuum. We've not been saved in isolation. We've been saved as a body of believers. And the text that we look at today helps us to understand this dynamic between uh, leaders and followers. So I encourage you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. I'll be looking at one verse, verse 17. Now, the book of Hebrews is a book that talks about the superiority of the work of Jesus Christ, His work on the cross, His priesthood, the superiority of the new covenant to the old covenant. And as we come to the concluding verses of the book, we have several important uh, encouragements, admonitions that He wants to leave with His readers. Hebrews 13, 17, this is God's holy word. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Let's pray. Father, please help us today to uh, understand these words and to apply them to our hearts and lives. And Lord, be preparing our hearts and lives for uh, that which you have in store for us. With joy, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, the theme is to joyfully serve together. That's what we need to keep in mind. But we're going to be proceeding in uh, three points as we walk through this text together. The first is what sheep do. Second is what shepherds do. And then thirdly, how sheep can help their shepherds. Well, what do sheep do? Sheep follow their shepherds. Sheep respect their leaders is another way to put it. Uh, one of the books I have in my library on the subject of church growth and leadership has a chapter entitled, The Fine Art of Followership. And the author wrote, it's the followership teaching which has been most neglected in our churches. Well, why might that be? Why might that be? I think one of the reasons is that we just have a problem with authority. And culture at large, we have a problem with authority. And some of you may remember me telling about uh, an experience on the back porch of Aunt Nettie's up in north central Pennsylvania where there's no internet, there's no cell service, but in the uh, late evening you can pick up 50,000 watt stations from all across the country if, if the conditions are right. And one evening we picked up WBZ in Boston and uh, they were interviewing that great theologian George Carlin. And uh, George Carlin was asked, he said, uh, do you believe still believe that 60s adage, challenge authority? 
And he said, no, now I believe destroy authority. And that's where we are. And I think that's why the whole idea of authority, even when it's exercised in the most appropriate way, is not very pleasing to people. But when you read the Bible, it's very, very clear that there are authority structures that God has ordained in the world for the well-being of those under that authority. So, if you think about it, we are called upon to submit to the civil authorities, right? Romans 13. There's authority in the home, in the parents. And also, here and elsewhere, we understand that there's authority that's delegated by God for the well-being of the flock, delegated to the elders of the church. And this authority is always delegated for the benefit of those under that authority. That authority is always according to the Word, and this authority is delegated, and thus, they're thus accountable to the Lord. And when you read the New Testament, you see quite clearly that it's the elders, the plurality of elders who are called upon to care for the flock. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter states very clearly to the elders to whom he's writing, shepherd the flock among you. And when you read the book of Acts, you see elders appointed in, uh, in the various churches as the apostles moved along. And so now, as we look at the uh, text, it says, obey your leaders and submit to them. What are sheep to do? Obey your leaders and submit to them. Well, the word translated obey here means to be persuaded or to have confidence in your leaders. Now, this is, this is not a blind followership. It is a recognition that God has indeed placed people in positions for your well-being, and that inasmuch as He has called them to this place, we're responsible to be persuaded, to have confidence in them. And more specifically, Rick Phillips makes a comment on this verse. He says the word obey has specific reference to receiving the teaching given by spiritual teachers. And so when your new pastor is installed, for example, after he makes several solemn commitments to you as your pastor, the moderator will turn to you as a congregation and ask you for several solemn commitments. And one of those commitments is this, do you promise to receive the word of truth from his mouth with meekness and love and to submit to him in the due exercise of discipline? And so basically what you're committing yourself to is recognizing that God has called him to this place to teach and preach the Word to you. And you should view that as a blessing to you, whatever it means, whether it's admonition, whether it's encouragement, whether it's blessing. God has called him here. The word translated submit says obey and submit is used only here in the entire Greek New Testament, and it means to yield, to give way to. Basically and fundamentally, this echoes the teaching of other places in Scripture, but the idea is to respect the authoritative leadership the Lord has placed over you for your well-being. That's what the writer is trying to communicate. Leon Morris wrote, the church cannot be expected to do its work effectively if their followers are not loyally supporting the leaders. It's a matter of fact that we're often slow to realize to this day that effective leadership in the church of Christ demands effective following. If we're continually critical of them that are set over us, small wonder if they're unable to perform the miracles that we demand of them. If we bear in mind the work's sake, if we bear in mind the work's sake, we may be more inclined to esteem them very highly in the Lord. 
And before you this morning, you heard our new members affirm. You heard them say, the question is, do you submit to the government and discipline of the church? And when they say the government of the church, I mean, yes, we recognize the leaders of this church, and we will follow them. So what do sheep do? They follow. There's more coming on that, by the way. Now, what leaders do? Well, leaders serve the flock. Leaders serve the flock. They lead. There are those who go before. And this has been so challenging over the past year uh, to lead a congregation through something that none of us have ever led a congregation through before. And I can tell you that uh, your elders uh, and your deacons have been wholly committed to you, to serve you. And in terms of the eldership, you know, ordinarily in this period of time, we would have had 15 elders meetings. But instead, I just counted yesterday, we had 44 meetings, 44, of course, many of them by Zoom. But that's how committed they have been to care for you, to serve you, to, to consider all the circumstances, to make difficult and hard decisions. But it's not only their leadership in, in decision-making that they care about. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter writes, be an example to the flock. Be an example to the flock. And inasmuch as I'm down to my last two sermons, I get to share some of my favorite illustrations, whether you heard them before or not. <laughs> but this is a shepherding illustration. Uh, Israeli tour guide was taking a group through the uh, desert regions, Judea. He said, now we're coming to uh, this area. We're going to be seeing a lot of Bedouin shepherds, and they're going to be uh, leading their flocks. You'll see, you'll notice, you'll never see them behind the sheep. They're always leading the flock. So the bus goes down the road, and they, they found, they looked out the window, and there's this man driving the sheep. And they say, Mr. Israeli tour guide, there's, look at that. So he stopped the bus, he got out, he talked to the man, and he got back on the bus with a sheepish grin on his face. And he said, that wasn't their shepherd, that was their butcher. <laughs> so, you know, leading by example, being out front is what your elders do, what your leaders do. It says, they watch over you. They watch over you. Now, this is very specific shepherding language. Watching over. Uh, there are a couple of different words used for watching over. One is uh, the word episkopos. It's a compound word. The root of it is skopos, which means to, to see. It's a visual word. So that's where we get microscope, telescope. And then you put the prefix epi, which means to oversee. So the word overseer is a, a synonym for the word elder. And this is what elders do. They oversee, watch over the flock. But that's not the word that the writer of this epistle uses in this case. The word the writer uses here follows the same imagery, but with the idea of passing sleepless nights, of watching over, of concern for the sheep. Leaders stand guard, they keep watch over your souls. And when there's such a concentrated watchfulness, sleep is lost. And they're concerned to watch over you. And this is the reason that those phone calls, those contacts are so important. 
especially through the pandemic. It was the way the elders and the deacons could stay in touch with you and to, to know about your concerns. And what's been encouraging to me is that over the course of the pandemic, there were many churches that didn't do anything like this before. But they realized we need to find a way to stay in touch with our people. And so they started contacting their sheep. And my prayer is that they will keep doing it as an important way of caring, caring for the flock. This is very important. We have physicians who watch over our physical health. Maybe you have a financial advisor who looks over your financial health. And uh, elders are called to watch over your spiritual health. And so they are a gift to God as they watch over you. But how serious is their role? Look what it says. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. <clears throat> They're going to have to give an account for their leadership. Well, this is among what I consider to be one of the texts that terrify as a leader. One church leader wrote, these aren't mere words, they are thunderbolts. The word translated given account is used many times to refer to the final ultimate accountability. And uh, for example, in Matthew 12, 36, it says, I say every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for in the day of judgment. So an accounting for what? Well, the writer's saying that the leaders, the elders, are going to have to give an account for your souls who are precious to him. Now, I don't know what that is going to look like, but we as leaders, we as elders, take that very seriously because the accountability is to God himself. And so for the, for the elders here, uh, remember that we are answerable to God as we care for this flock. Paul was very concerned about this. He made sure that in his admonitions to the elders, the Ephesian elders, that he was reminding them that these are the sheep for whom the Lord Jesus Christ gave his blood. Now, the question is, thirdly, how can sheep, how can you help your shepherds? How can, we, how can we help this dynamic move forward? How can we be ready for the next chapter? Well, the writer says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning. You want your leaders to do with joy and not with groaning. You like, when you do your job, you like to do it joyfully, don't you? Sure you do. John MacArthur wrote, it's a serious and all too common thing for people in church congregations to rob their leaders of the joy God intends. It says the grief, the word for grief here means an inner unexpected groaning. When I finished uh, writing, when, actually when the book The Shepherd Leader came out, uh, I took it down to um, one of the folks who helped give me information about the book, and that was uh, Bob and Betty Herr, who have tons of sheep, so they helped me with some information. So I took a couple copies of the book, and I walked, and I looked around, there were no sheep. I said, where are the sheep? Well, they said, we don't have sheep anymore. We only have goats. The sheep are too hard to take care of. <laughs> so let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> and actually, you can, if you go down 322 between Blue Ball and Honeybrook, uh, 
just uh, past the Bridgeville Church, first driveway past the Bridgeville Church is where Bob Herr lives now. And there used to be a little sign out front that said, Nick's Besser Sheep, none better. But now there, and there was a little sheep face painted on there. But now there's, it says, Nick's Besser Goats, and there's a little goat face painted there. But the point is that um, we are all sheep, and none of us is perfect, but our attitude, our underlying attitude should be to encourage our leaders so that they can do their work with joy, that it could be a pleasure and not a pain, it would be a delight and not a drain. And so there are four specific things which you just heard here, which I'll go over briefly that you can do to help your leaders do their work with joy. First of all is follow the good shepherd. Follow the good shepherd. That's the first thing. You heard the commitment this morning. Do you resolve to uh, live as a follower of Christ? That's the first thing. If we all do that, we're doing well. And we do this through the power of the Holy Spirit, of course, as that commitment says. And one of the challenges that, uh, that occurs, though, is when sheep stray. Uh, you heard also the commitment to you submit to the government and discipline of the church. Sometimes sheep stray, and leaders are responsible to go and find them. As in Matthew 18, the lost sheep is sought by the good shepherd. Yesterday, uh, Barb and I were on our way to our, uh, our nephew's college graduation party in Ephrata, and we, ran, we went around the back way toward Reamstown, and the music's playing through my phone. You, many of you have that system set up. And as we're a couple of miles out of town, suddenly I heard a noise and the music went off. And I thought about it and I realized, I remembered that before I left, I had placed my phone on the roof of my car. And so we're driving along and for several miles, I'm going to book it and see how many miles it was. The phone was, was up there, but then the music went off and heard the noise. That was the phone bouncing off the trunk onto the road. And you can imagine, my wife is very demonstrative. She was demonstrative. I said, I think that was my phone. And you can imagine what she said. It was all clean. It was all clean. And so we turned around, we went back, we went back and kept driving along, and there it was, in the gravel beside the road. And we uh, picked it up. I also should tell you, my keys were also up there. <laughs> Fortunately, the keys stuck in one of the cracks between the window or the trunk. It was just, they were just there. But you know, there was no doubt there was not a question in my mind when I realized that phone was lost. There was not a question in my mind that I was going to go back and get that. But do you know what? You are more valuable than a phone. And leaders are called upon to be responsible to come and find you. And I've got to tell you, though, it's, it's been more challenging in the, the fog of the pandemic. It's been more challenging, but, but we have that commitment to, to make sure that um, we seek for those those who are lost and seek to restore them. So follow the Good Shepherd. Second, keep the peace. You heard the commitment today. Do you submit yourself to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? We need to be peacemakers in the church. 
We need to be committed to unity in the church. Paul wrote, as much as it's possible with you, be at peace with all men. So if you have a problem with somebody, you go speak to them. That's also Matthew chapter 18. And if you have a problem with a leader, please go speak to the leader. You have a very transparent group of leaders here who are eager to hear what you have to say. And uh, keeping the pieces, do you know one of the devil's number one tools against the church is disrupt the peace of the church? And he's been working overtime. He works overtime in, in the church at large. But may you be committed to that purity and peace that you find uh, in Scripture. Thirdly, do your part. So follow the good shepherd, keep the peace, do your part. You heard the commitment. Number four, do you support the worship and work to the best of your ability? Supporting the worship has been always important among the family of God. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, supporting the worship of the church has definitely taken on a different uh, flavor over the past year. And uh, when it was impractical for us to meet together, we were meeting virtually, if you will. And I still know there are some who are not quite ready to be with us, and that's, that's fine. But I have to say that I'm imagining that there are those out there who have, who have found the new routine a little too comfortable. Um, let me tell you, when we were recording the, the services on Saturday night, I have to admit, I enjoyed getting a little extra sleep on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, your pastor enjoyed getting a little extra sleep on Sunday morning. Made those uh, Pillsbury cinnamon rolls at, uh, at our leisure and uh, didn't have to dress up and put on... I know you're disappointed that I didn't put a tie on at home on Sunday mornings back then. But what a blessing. You don't, you don't realize what you've missed until you come back, do you? And it's so good to see the church of God returning. But for those of you who may have gotten into some habit of just little different ways of using your, using your Sunday, please come back. We're looking forward to seeing you again. So support the worship of the church and support the work of the church. Now support the work of the church by using your spiritual gifts. It's very important uh, as a new chapter unfolds, as we come back together, that everybody use your gifts, everybody pitch in and help. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4.10, each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And you know that the imagery that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 12 is the image of the body, how we need each particular part of our body to function smoothly. That's a good image. I like to use the image of a musical group. Every instrument has its place. Every instrument makes its contribution to the score as a whole. Now, I admit to you, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but most of you know that I'm a tuba player. And I'm glad that didn't get any gasps. <laughs> I guess that's just because most of you knew that. But I remember it was probably 10 or 12 years ago, 
Uh, just about this time of year, right before the New Holland uh, Veterans Council uh, puts together its pilgrimage through all the cemeteries, 11 cemeteries in eastern Lancaster County that happens on every Memorial Day. And I got a call, it wasn't Ken, it was another, another leader of the band before Ken. I got a frantic call from a leader of the New Holland Band said, I don't have a tuba for Memorial Day. Would you come and play? Well, of course I went, because how can you have a band, a brass band, without the oomph? <laughs> and you should note, it's not oomph-pa-pa. There are other instruments that play the pa-pa. So if you've been giving the tuba credit for the pa-pa all these years, you're mistaken. Tuba just does the oomph. But everybody, everybody is important. Even though the tuba often sits in the back row, the tuba uh, rarely gets to play the melody line, it's an important part. Every single role that you play, whether small or large, there are no small roles in the work of the church. Everything is a gift that you return to God. And together, we are able to be effective and successful in advancing the ministry of the church. Now, this past week, I had the privilege of uh, playing, in, playing golf in the New Holland Kiwanis Golf Tournament. And it's a scramble and means that you're playing with a group of guys and it's best ball. So you, each of you tees off and then you pick the best result of the drive and then you all play from that spot and then you so on and so on. You pick the best putt and you take those putts. And I got to tell you, I was playing with Bob Spots and Jim McAbee. Uh, one of our players couldn't come for, for health reasons. But it was, it was amazing. Do you know what it does? It, t it takes the pressure off. It's the first time I played golf all year, and I have to admit I didn't do very well, did I, Jim? <laughs> but it, it, it didn't matter because we were a team. We relied on each other. Bob would pick up me, and I would pick up Jim, and Jim would pick up both of us. But the point is, when we're all serving, working diligently together, it takes the pressure off of everybody. It's not just the pastor who's responsible for everything. Everybody has their spot, their role in the functioning of the body. So use your spiritual gifts. There are some things you can do to relieve and encourage your leaders and the fourth and final one is to pray for your leaders. Pray for them. Notice this skips down uh, to the next verse, verse 18. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. So pray. Pray for your leaders. We desperately need it. Pray for Pastor Drew as he comes. He is leaving his life in Florida. He's leaving a congregation who loves him. And I'm so grateful that you have already reached out to him and shown your love to him. And just remember, he's different. He's going to be different than me. Some of you will say, amen. <laughs> but remember, he's coming with different gifts, different background, different interests, and it will be different. And just remember that. But he's bringing certain strengths skills that this church needs now to move to the next chapter. And so I encourage you to be praying for him and to uh, encourage him. 
and to look forward to what God is going to be doing through him. So, all of this, as you respect and follow your leaders, as the sheep uh, walk with the Lord, fulfilling their commitments as the elders lead, notice it says, let them do this with joy, not with groaning. That would be of no advantage to you. There's no advantage to a congregation uh, when the leadership of the church is not supported. And ultimately, ultimately, we are all accountable to the great shepherd. That's what Paul wrote to the, the uh, excuse me, Peter wrote to the elders. He said to the elders, when the chief shepherd arrives, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And in this very text, just a few verses down, it talks about the great shepherd of the sheep who is going to come. And so ultimately, our accountability is to him and our joy and our unity in serving him together uh, will enable us to uh, advance strongly through the next chapter of St. Stephen Church. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the many blessings you poured down upon this congregation. I thank you, O Lord, for the leaders that you have brought here, for the elders and the deacons. I thank you for them and pray that you would Richly bless them, Lord, as they continue to care for this flock for whom you died, for whom they love. And also, Father, we pray for um, this flock. We ask that you would continue to bless them as they serve you. And praying, Lord, that these leaders in this flock would joyfully serve you together for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.